Hello you, welcome to Riot Act, the alternative music podcast with me, Stephen Hill, and him, Renfrey Deadman. Hello Renfrey, how are you? Hello, I'm very well, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you mate, very, very good. Thank you very much for listening um, and contributing to our Patreon page. If you're listening to this on our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Riot Act podcast, we appreciate that. If you're giving a quid a week, or a month, sorry, say well, you can give a quid a week, that'd be £4 a month. Get up that £4 to a fiver and get the old classic album series where me and Renfrey go through our favourite albums in depth. So if you haven't done that and you listen to this and you end up enjoying what you hear, then I would suggest that it'd be a lovely thing to do for you to up it just a wee, wee, wee bit. Mm. Um, many no pressure be, though, of course. Many people will be surprised that the record we're doing today isn't in classic albums, I assume. <laughs> can keep a straight face for that well they no. <laughs> <laughs> um i don't think they will no, um so this is uh the writers review if you are a patron of any type you can suggest an album for us to do doug ray suggested this album sons of the pioneers by the workhorse movement which came out normally i have the exact date that it came out there's no Wikipedia but entry for this band. There's is there, no Steve? Wikipedia entry for this band. There is a Wikipedia entry for the band that they did after this, but there ain't no Wikipedia for this. So basically, it came out in the year 2000. It did. Don't worry, Steve. There may be no Wikipedia entry, but I did find a surprisingly comprehensive entry for them on encyclopedia.com. Oh. I'm not joking. Um, I didn't even know encyclopedia.com was a thing. I guess it is um but i found out a surprising amount about them and i've basically taken most of the article and just rewritten bits and pieces uh, and that's more mm -hmm. or less what this is going to be so Fair i can enough. do a little bit of um preamble if you want uh workhorse yeah, movement was formed in october of 1994 so one of those bands who you know did not did nothing they released two eps but you know uh weren't in the public eye for a long long time outside of detroit where they're from um they started jabbing together whilst they were students at central michigan university in mount pleasance uh michigan the band's name was inspired by a group of free-thinking characters in the tom wolf novel the electric kool-aid acid test who coined the phrase workhorse intercourse meaning devoting oneself 100 percent to both work and pleasure yeah that's nice um hmm. their guitarist uh studied jazz theory and guitar and i thought that was worth putting in because um the band talk about how they bring in a myriad of different influences i mean god how how do we describe the workhorse movement i think when people look back at them they look at the image and they go workhorse movement were a new metal band and obviously the period that they came out yada 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 do you think it's fair to describe the workhorse movement as a new metal band steve um not really i mean i think mm. there were a bunch of in the same way as like you wouldn't describe dog eat dog as a mm. new metal band right even though there are rap and sort of hip-hop and metal elements combined that make up dog eat dog they're not really a new metal band but then saying that i guess the workhorse movement are as much to do with new metal as a lot of the things that were getting chucked in with new metal at that particular time yes well, um and I would say the other thing, if being bad at rapping uh, <laughs> makes you a new metal band, then yes, they are a new metal band. Well, the encyclopedia.com entry says, intending to create music that would appeal to a wide variety of listeners without sounding derivative. The group arrived with a, I've put this in quotation marks, unique heavy urban rock <laughs> sound that blended traditional hard rock with soul, jazz and hip hop elements. But because of their use of disco... 
and Motown flavorings as well as psychedelic grooves reminiscent of dark 1960s rock. The workhorse movement defies comparisons to most of their rap metal contemporaries, although similarities do exist. Now, um, uh, maybe bar, I struggled a little bit with disco, but bar, Motown, you know, Motown, soul, jazz, hip hop. Yeah, all of those elements are on this record, I reckon. Yeah, a little um, bit. A li but that is exactly it. A, a little bit. Um, I mean, by golly, are they fleeting? The, <laughs> the, you know? Yeah, really. I mean, <laughs> the Motown <clears throat> stuff refers to a track called Motown, right? Where there are a couple. It doesn't really sound like a Motown song. Well, there's a few horns. Really, does it? There's a few horns near the That's beginning, it, yeah. which evoke a sort of Motowny feel. And I will say, I think there's a bit of a Motown feel in um, Feel Like Bob Marley, an artist, lest we forget, predominantly known for reggae. <laughs> so it's all a bit <laughs> yeah, confused. Um, and, that, and that's about it, really. Um, the, you know, Faith No More, they are not. Um, they're from Detroit, which is the home of Motown. But, you know, it's, it, it, when they say that stuff, I do think for the most part, it's just sort of press release poppycock if you will yes i, I uh, think what's quite funny about the workhorse movement is around this time um clutch were releasing pure rock fury oh, we're or about, about to yeah, yeah, yeah. and um <laughs> arguably clutch do more to uh succinctly meld stoner rock and hip-hop in uh careful with that mic on that record yes than the workhorse movement do in their entire record um, i think you've hit upon the key word which is meld and that's the thing you do hear those things on this record but for example i mean the soul bit that they're referring to i think they're referring to the last 30 seconds of the 47 minute and 31 second album where a soul yeah. singer just comes on at the end of feels like bob marley is like wah -ha, wah -ha. and it's cool mm. but it's just it sounds very tagged on it yeah. doesn't sound like an intricate um essential part of the song and that's the thing it, and as a result this is a re this is honestly genuinely a really interesting record in a lot in a lot of ways but it is a big jumble mess of all sorts of stuff isn't it really yeah it is i mean they're a funny old band the workhorse movement yeah. i don't really know whatever anybody because new metal was such a massive thing in the year 2000 and because they were on roadrunner as well yeah. they immediately got loads of hype keep the sabbath dream alive the opening track on the album you know they're essentially another you could you could paint them as another new metal one hit wonder because keep the Sabbath dream alive became without really getting becoming a hit per se, it it was a song that everybody seemed to know and really like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I agree with that. I'm yes. Without I mean I I'd never recall sort of seeing the video or anything like that. If there is a video, I'm assuming there is. I watched the video on YouTube today on really bad footage and i don't do not remember the video right. at all i could no recollection of the video whatsoever but certainly that whole thing i mean i remember going around being like keep the sabbath dream alive um you know with all my friends and stuff like that um i mean i the, the other thing that we should say about this band because loads of you will not have heard of this band uh is sort of the manner that they dressed i'm wondering whether to just take <laughs> yeah, give, give, give this to you actually no i think you might do a better job of uh, explaining well, the way they dress uh, they sort of, I mean, one of them is called Cornbread, isn't he? The, the singer. And he has like an Amish beard. Um, let, let, but they. 
I'm, I'm just Go gonna on. okay as as you've mentioned him i'm just going to mention the encyclopedia.com entry about that the workhorse workhorse movement added the infamously crazy character chris sparks to the lineup who had earned the nickname cornbread because of his striking resemblance to a bearded amish farmer hmm a prior fan turned band member, Sparks was a regular fixture at Workhorse Movement gigs. During one show, the band invited him on stage to guest on a song. Afterward, however, Sparks refused to rejoin the crowd, and the vocalist and co-lyricist has been a part of the Workhorse Movement ever since. What <laughs> <Yeah>. a <laughs> ridiculous story. Mm. There you go. Sorry. It's a pretty ridiculous story. No, no, it's fine. They sort of dressed, I guess like they sort of dressed like Lit. If uh, Lit went to the charity shop, you know what I mean? <laughs> charity shop I told Lit. you you'd do it better. I told you you'd do it better. There you go. Yeah, mustard, mustard coloured suits is the key phrase here, isn't it? Yeah, they've got mustard. Yeah, they've got mustard coloured suits. They also have like the two vocalists wearing all white suits um, and the rest of the band wearing black suits, yeah. which, yeah, again, couldn't afford the full set sort of thing um yeah was, they're it, a funny it, it was a look that could have only happened turn of the millennium i think yeah you've got one with red hair one with blue hair one with blonde dreads yeah one with an amish beard one with a mohawk so they've all gone and i'm sorry you have to have a ludicrous stupid haircut if you want to be in a band i'm afraid yeah. um and they all did sometimes they wear like prison garb as well oh right I didn't know you know that. The new metal, just new metal, just new metal era, wasn't it? Everybody yeah. dressed like a bloody fucking weird, like a weird person. We all did it. Looking at them, um, you you would go, that's a new metal band. But but listening to them, yeah, definitely new metal elements. But I wouldn't. I think it's unfair to just paint them as a new metal band. However, yeah. um, the guitarist once said. I was wondering what you think about this. We ultimately strive to be a rock band because we all love the dirty sound of rock music. I think we belong on stage with Led Zeppelin in 69 as much as we do with Limp Bizkit. <laughs> well, I think you deserve to be on stage with Limp Bizkit. <laughs> yeah, half of it's right. I'm really sure. I mean, Led Zeppelin. I can't see Led Zeppelin taking them out on tour. To Led Zeppelin well, in 69. He's referring to Royal Albert Hall there, surely. Or, or maybe it was 68, but you know, like, come on. <laughs> like, again, ideas above your station. Wow. And I, well, I don't I mean, mind this band, but that is silly. Yeah. Yeah. Silly. I think he's just saying we're a hard, we're an old school hard rock band, but we're also yeah. part of the new school. I'm not really that. I don't, you know, like that's, I, I think that's fine. I think he's talking about it stylistically rather than we're as good as Led Zeppelin because he wouldn't pick Limp Biscuit, surely, would he, if he was talking about being the best of the best? I guess not. But then I don't know, in 2000, it might have been quite a thing to drop. I mean, this was... No, no. Limp Biscuit, this is fucking Chocolate Starfish. Everyone, it's, isn't it pr it's nobody prior said... prior to Chocolate Starfish, isn't it? Just, well, it would have been stuff. the same year. So we don't know because we, so we we've know. got no. We don't know if it came out around this time. Or, but they were public enemy number one. Like you never, you never heard any other bands in metal saying anything nice about Limp Bizkit in the year two thousand, did you? I guess not. So I don't think they're making. I don't think they're saying it to be nice. I just think they're saying that that's what's popular then, and this is what's popular now. And we could have played with either of them. Yes, I suppose so. To their credit, 
I mean, I mean, there is a southern rock flavor that is sort of incorporated. I think, I think when they're doing the southern rock thing, they're actually really fucking good at it. Actually, living evil, you like that? Living evil, I quite like living evil. Yeah, I really like yeah. biatch. <laughs> yeah, I think. Although that's not aged so well. I don't think it's lyrically. Has it? Oh, I don't think it's aged well. I don't think most of this record was aged, aged lyrically well. But but the actual song, I, I don't think is a million miles away from Clutch. Um, mm. That one song, um, and I certainly think it's a far better approximation of Clutch than the millions of Clutch imitators that you get these days, who just yeah. tend to be fucking boring, you know. So, yeah, it's true. so sometimes they are capable of really good things, but the gap between the best moments and the worst moments on, moments on this album is a fucking chasm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, it's so. I mean, a song like Charlie Don't Surf which is a far more kind of hip-hop orientated song, so I guess I'm not going to like it as much either. But that's not a good hip-hop track, is it? No, it's like OPM, doesn't it? It's, yes, it's fucking rubbish. And it was all that, that, that period, like OPM and Bloodhound Gang and all that kind of like exactly. really bad shit. It's funny, actually, because bringing up the sort of hip-hop thing for a second, um, I recently did uh the little thing for online for metal hammer talking about backwash saying like what stuff do you like and i said oh, i like backwash so i wrote a little sort of 200 words about why it was good they put it up like obviously on the metal hammer facebook page loads of people hated it and i mentioned that she samples black sabbath and saying melding hip-hop and black sabbath and somebody went oh that's how you meld hip-hop and black sabbath and then put a link to the video for keep the sabbath dream alive by the workhorse movie this no. is how you this is how you link like black sabbath and hip-hop and it's like you can't genuinely think that the workhorse movement have any level of credibility within hip hop, even then, even in 2000, certainly not in 2020. No, that's insane. It, I mean, that whole, Christ. that whole, that was a graveyard of people knowing anything about hip hop, that, that whole, yeah. I mean, fuck me. I thought you struggled with hip hop. I mean, <laughs> fucking hell. When people are bringing up like biohazard and onyx. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we should do, we should do a poll we should do a poll who pays more respect to black sabbath backwash or workhorse movement when this comes out <laughs> <laughs> yeah. who knows more about hip-hop <laughs> like, who's a more credible hip-hop artist the workhorse movement or <laughs> a stone <laughs> like, you know? um uh the group were- <laughs> literally there's frogs with more hip hop <laughs> credibility than the workhorse movement. I'm sorry to say. There's a part here that I thought was definitely worth reading. Um, the group's work work ethic also impressed several established rock acts. Consequently, gigging wherever they could soon turned into major support slots with the US bombs, Screw, Seven Dust, Gravity Gravity Kills, and even Ooh. Vanilla Ice. Oh, <laughs> and sparks one of the members of the band said of vanilla ice he is a nice guy it's no crime to play trendy music he does his own thing and we do ours for us it doesn't matter what image or reputation the other bands or artists we play with have we don't care about the other bands on stage we only care about the audience as long as you give us the chance to perform in front of an enthusiastic crowd we accept to play with everyone doesn't matter which style give us a stage and we will rock (laughs) i'll be fine Uh. Oh my god! I mean, well, I didn't. I never knew they played with Screw. 
Wow. <laughs> yeah, uh, screw with a K. wonder what screw are like. Um, <laughs> Seven Dustin, and we've spoken about Gravity Kills. I mean, that is a bunch of shite that they've played with. I just love the fact that this article tries to make out that that's like an amazing achievement, performing with US bombs, screw, Seven Dust, Gravity Kills, and Vanilla Ice, and even Vanilla Ice. <laughs> it's yeah. like, wow. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> at least Seven Dust were big. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, what's what's mad about that? is that they did support somebody else whom both you and I saw and they've not even mentioned it. No, I know, which is insane. Well, shall we talk about that then? Do you want to go Let's talk about it. Pitch shifter, workhorse movement, Sona Farik at the Reading University back in, would have been early 2001, I reckon. For me, it was on the Deviant Tour. For me, it was Bristol Answered Rooms. But yes, we we both went to uh, the same tour, but different gigs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, now, I really loved Pitch Shifter around this time. Same. And I got the Sona Farik album, and, I re- and I've seen Sona Farik a bunch of times. Sona Farik were good, weren't they? Sona Farik were fucking great to the point where, actually, I can't remember if I have or not, but I might have even put it in classic albums because I really <laughs> want to. What? <laughs> oh, fucking hell. I really, I really <laughs> like that Wow, really yeah. Like no, definitely. I think Sergeant Pepper's... Uh, Ziggy Stardust, <laughs> Nevermind, and the Sona for Recap. <laughs> I'm just checking if I put it in. If you have, I'm deleting it the second that we finish this. But, oh, shit, I, mean, I haven't, uh, you know. Oh, fuck it. Well, of course you fucking haven't. You should, I, right, just a little into I said when we started doing classic albums, I was like, right, right, you know, there are loads of albums that we really, really like. Let's stick to like really, really big, classic, fucking, universally great, very interesting records. And Renfrey decided that by that, I meant Sooner for Reek's album. <laughs> Look, I didn't put it in. I just realized no, didn't. I didn't put it in. Um, oh, I'm tempted to now. Um, uh, it is a great record. It is a great record, though, isn't it? The Sooner for Sooner Reek, yeah. It's Sooner for really record good. is really good. And I have 5Ks to say, I've Kerrang, lis- Morat, um, yeah, 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 yeah. And I've listened to it in the, uh, in the, the interim period between now and it coming out. And it's, even a few years ago and it still sounds really good and the reason it sounds really good is that it didn't it wasn't produced like those other records yeah and they didn't really make any kind of attempt even though there is a kind of a bit of a hip-hop wrapped flavor to it they don't really make any sort of attempt to sound like hip-hop from that time so it's it's actually a very interesting record well it, I, it genuinely is a very interesting record i, I, mean, I, I listen to it a couple of times a year still i fuck yeah. i love that record it's great. Mm. I mean, that is that is the classic album series podcast on that record, unfortunately, <laughs> because nothing else ever happened to that band. Unfortunately, uh, which is a no, shitter. No, yeah. Which is a shitter. But yeah, Sonar Freak were really, really good. Brilliant um, live as well. Brilliant live. As a, as a matter of fact, uh, I decided to. Um, I believe that was where I lost my mosh pit virginity. That show. Um, and was I it? yeah, and I wandered into the pit for um, Sonar Freak and lost my glasses within half a song. Um, so I watched this gig half blind. So you? if you can imagine the workhorse movement, it was basically two amorphous mustard blobs <laughs> with a load of black blobs. That was all I could see with the workhorse movement because I was blind for this whole show. I I, um, I quite enjoyed it. Workhorse I got life. thrown out that my gig. I got thrown out because I kissed J.S. Claydon. I got on stage and I kissed J.S. Claydon <laughs> and they dragged me off stage. And I used to have this thing where I used to try and get on stage and kiss the front man of whatever band I was going to see. <laughs> and I tried. 
and they just escorted me off the premises. And oh. I just knocked on the door and some person opened it and I went, I, I just walked straight back in again. Oh, okay. But I did get kicked out. Um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, we weren't talking about that. We weren't talking about Pitch Shift. We weren't talking about Sona Freak. We were talking about the Workhorse Movement. Now, I did see them um, as I have perfect 2020 vision, naturally. Lucky me. Yeah. And um, I was just really wanted to see Keep the Sabbath Dream Alive. Now, I'm really struggling to... They either started with it or finished with it. Oh, God, I can't bloody remember. That's 20 think, years ago. I know, it is 20 years ago. It's fucking mental. I think... I think they finished with it. Because I remember standing there and being like, I'm going to watch this band because I like that song and it's the first song on their album, so they'll probably start with it. But I, ha- I didn't have the album at this point. Yeah, I didn't either. And, and I just thought, I like that song. There are a bunch of those bands. Like I say, there's one hit one. There's another band like Step Kings were another band yeah. of one song that I heard in the Metal Hammer CD that I really liked. And I was like, well, I don't want the album. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. And so they came on, like you say, mustard suits, yeah. very fucking energetic. I remember yeah. the dude's Amish beard and they were going and they, you know, Sona Farik, who I thought were great, got a pretty polite, um, pretty polite, reception oh went off in bristol no, nothing more it went really off, really went off in bristol i remember but they went mental for the workhorse movement the yeah. whole place went fucking batty for the workhorse movement they yeah. loved it yeah absolutely loved it and i do remember thinking there's a lot of energy in this band and when they played keep the Sabbath dream alive it was great but i i found them pretty annoying i have to say oh annoying okay why i just thought that at that point i didn't really like the that that kind of american jock bro kind of front in mm. type of front man mm. and then there was two of them true true <laughs> i was just a bit like Phew. yeah and especially when you see like pitch shifter who'd come from the sort of industrial and grindcore scene mm. and were very political i mean not particularly intelligently political when you look back on it but mm. at the time i felt like oh they're quite subversive aren't they pitch yeah. shifter yeah, their yeah. music probably wasn't really but they were sort of exciting forward thinking subversive band and i thought sona Farik were this m- sort of mad clash of styles and races and sexualities uh and they had a sort of effeminate and sort of uh uh what's the word i'm looking for um, I want to say egregious, but that's the League of Gentlemen that I'm thinking about. Androgynous. 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 Yeah, we talked about that before. Uh, it had a kind of androgynous quality to him as well as being this kind of street London sort of street gang thing, which is very interesting. And then these just like bros came on in mustard suits. And we're like, yeah, you yeah, ready to fuck it up? Yeah, fuck it. Come on. Smack. Yeah, come on. Fuck this place up. And I was just like, ah, uh, you're just another one of those twats. And I didn't mind the music particularly. And I li- I'd liked all the energy, but I was a bit like, I didn't come to the show to be harassed by another one of these fucking new metal bands. I think that's the thing though, isn't it? They, um, because I remember going to the show and being quite cynical because I'd seen the images of them. And, you know, this was around the time where, I mean, Bar- Slipknot had just created this wave of like, you know, Godhead, Mushroom Heads, uh, fucking all these Mudvayne, you know, all these bands who just had these ridiculous, ridiculous looks. And actually, you know, looking back, some of them were really, really good, but there was certainly a lot of cynicism when you saw that kind of image, despite the Slipknot record actually being fucking amazing. Yeah. 
Um, and I remember just sort of seeing the image and just being like, oh, come on. And sort of watching them from the back, you know, half blind and sort of being pleasantly surprised. But then my expectations were quite low anyway. But I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised enough to pick up the record. Um, I did too. I mean, yeah, it's weird I say that because I did that. I do remember going out and being like, fuck, you know, like, you know, it's again, another band jumping around with no sort of... I remember thinking like, I don't really feel like they've got any songs apart from keep the Sabbath dream alive, but that was because it was the only one that I knew. Yeah. Um, I think when you listen, a lot of, I think when you yeah. listen to the record, they do have other songs, but they do. But, yeah. Yeah. But they also have a lot of shit on that record. I mean, that, like I said, yeah. the chasm between the greatest stuff on the record and the worst stuff on the record is very broad, very, very broad. And there isn't anything else as instant and as great as keep the Sabbath dream no. alive on that record no. at all. Is there? No. I mean, there's a reason why, the workhorse movement keep the savage dream alive are almost one word almost yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah because it is so clearly the best thing on this album by a comfortable margin i would say it is good though it's fucking good keep it's not bad yeah i mean the thing is actually looking back on it and i was like cuz i i listened to it and i was like at the time i remember thinking there's nothing really there's nothing else it's just one song and but then actually, the, it starts quite well. Like, Living Evil, Give Me Some Skin. It's actually, and like, Keep Self Dream Alive, Living Evil, Give Me Some Skin. It's actually quite a good opening sort of run of three. Mm. You mentioned Biotch. Biotch. And he, even Motown, it's not a bad song. No, I don't mind Motown. It doesn't sound like the fucking Temptations at all. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's 14 tracks. It suffers too from what long. all of those. Too fucking long. Way, way, way too long. Um you know so uh also i would but, say even when it's not quite as good as it should be you can hear the gestation gestation of an interesting idea which just maybe wasn't fully realized so for example there's some ideas um it's quite an interesting sort of instrumental break slash guitar solo part on heavy um which i think is track seven that in the hands of trent Reznor, for example could have been amazing but yeah. in the workhorse movement's hands, it's a bit ploddy and doesn't really go anywhere. And the song kind of ends on it, which is a really interesting thing to do. And could have been, it could have been great, but it isn't quite there. And there's there's quite a lot of that mm. on this record. Um, something I'm curious to ask you, though, if they if the workhorse movement hadn't have had as preposterous an image as they had. I think people look back on them and just laugh because of the image. Do you think that people would have taken them much more seriously? And maybe, maybe they might have actually had some sort of career beyond this because they did split up very shortly after this album was released. It was released in January of 2000, I've just seen, according to oh, right. so, encyclopedia.com. Yeah. Um, um, do, do, do you think there would have been a chance that maybe they would have been taken more seriously without that silly image? uh maybe i mean yeah probably but then i don't think they would have been getting the tours at the Ozfest and all this other stuff yeah. without it yeah you might be right i mean i don't i think everybody sort of had to have that um and some people got through it and some people didn't and yeah. i think i looked at the you know i looked at the workhorse movement in comparison with 
many, many, many of those, you know, particularly the bands like Godhead that you just mentioned and Mushroom Head. And I thought, well, they're clearly far better than that and they're far more interesting than that. And they're not just another new metal band, mm. even though they look like one. Mm. Um, mm. But at the same time, are they really that good that we should be bemoaning and mourning their passing and the fact that they no. didn't make it? No. No, no. not really. No. So. They're, they're, they're a band who were tipped for great things had one really great song you know that mentions black sabbath loads yeah. and loads of black <laughs> sabbath songs smoking weed basically yeah yeah and you know listening to it now i still think i think you have to probably have to have grown up with this stuff to sort of listen to it and go oh yeah yeah it sounds you know it still sounds good i mean i still enjoy that song i'd be I think it's really good i'd be but very, i would wonder what yeah i'd be very curious to know what someone coming to this fresh would think of it and you know mm. by by all means if you've never heard this record and you fancy checking it out do let us know but um you know this album i think there is a very tiny tiny gap in modern music history where this album could have come out and i would say that gap is between 1998 and 2002 and it came out january 2000 <laughs> you know i don't think yeah. this record could have come out at any other time and in a way, yeah. that's what's great about it. But it's also kind of its biggest weakness as well. Well, it's one of those things where I think that, you know, like I can't sit here and mourn and bemoan the, the raw deal that the workhorse movement no. got. But at the same time, when you look at some of the things that lasted a few albums, quite. Il, Il Nino quite. or fucking Edema Chimera. or some of the stuff that kind of, I quite like coming. Oh, right, so, uh, and, but, you know, when you look at some of the stuff that lasted longer than them, um, they deserved. Age. I, they, <laughs> fucking <laughs> hell. Um, they they deserved. They deserved more than I think they deserved to more than just to sort of. I think them and Sona Freak both deserved. I mean, certainly Sona Freak deserved. Deserve more than to just sort of to to sort of peter out into nothingness and be forgotten forever, which is I think is what the sort of the workhorse movement have been other than someone going yeah, there's some song about black sabbath uh years ago what was it and then people go oh it's a workhorse movie yeah 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 exactly i know i agree i think i think in my opinion i think there's enough on this record to suggest that basically if a second album had come in 2002 i reckon it would have either been a a massive improvement and something genuinely worth getting exciting about or it would have been a pile of shit and to be honest, it's more likely that it would have been the latter. But um, I think there was enough here to suggest that maybe it could have gone in the other direction if they'd had a bit more courage in their con convictions and in their ideas. And mm. But who knows? Who knows? Well, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what else it did. Is it also, I think it's one of those times where, um, now when we were growing up, we said this before, there was a, a feeling and a, 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 an aura around Roadrunner Records. Mm that everything they touched turned to gold. Now, if you go back six, seven years, Roadrunner Records roster was full up with Life of Agony, Typo Negative, Machine Head, Sepultura, um, uh, what else? Fear Factory. Yep. Did I say Fear Factory? Yeah, Fear Factory. Yeah, yeah. And we, and we uh, should chuck in Monty Connor into this conversation as well, because Monty Connor yes. was you know, the big A&R guy at Roadrunner, and Monty Connor was, was big into the workhorse movement as well. He was um, mm. a big part of that. He, did he discovered Sepultura, um, Fear Factory. Corn. Bio, I, was a, Bio. I didn't discover Corn. No, Corn, sorry. Um, 
but you know, yeah, but like the dude who signed Biohazard, the dude who signed Slipknot, the yeah. dude who signed Machine Head, you yes, know, the yes, dude who signed all of these, all these people, right? So, and people have got while, excited recently about Iris. People are still excited about Monty Connor, yeah. you know, when he, yeah, but show. but particularly, you know, Soulfly, mm. we're on. We're on um, Roadrunner Records. They still, even though stuff like, like, well, even, I mean, Cold Chamber, like, it seems bizarre to say it now, but people were excited by Cold Chamber. And Cold Chamber were a big band. They were a big fucking deal. They really were. I saw Cold Chamber Chamber at the exact same venue that I saw um, Pitch Shifter and World Course Movement. And yeah, people going nuts for it. Fucking loved it. Mm. I mean, you know, they had this unbelievable reputation, even within, you know, like I said, Shelter and Vision Disorder, Madball, and yeah. they also had signed, you know, Obituary and Deicide and bands like that as well. You know, like Roadrunner were on a fucking hot streak mm. and it, you just really, really believed in it. But then so 2000, 2001 came along and that veneer started to uh, crack a little bit, I think, with Roadrunner. And I'm not putting this at the feet of the workhorse movement by any stretch of the imagination but they were certainly one of those bands where you used to be you used to see a band on roadrunner and go oh my god they're on roadrunner they're going to be fucking like or oh, what is it let's let's listen to it and then when roadrunner started signing i mean i was going to say amen but i mean even amen like we're a good band mm. um but when they started signing the workhorse movement il nino i suppose it had happened a bit with you know spine shank had come just before mm. Mm. and that wasn't as good you know um uh but then there were you know there were a few kind of misses a little bit before but it felt like you know they were the they were hyping the workhorse movement they were they were hyping anyone the band anyone um they were hyping or no were they called anyone or no one there was a band on roadrunner around that time i thought it was no one wasn't it no one that's it yeah and you know there was a lot of this stuff that was getting hyped on Roadrunner massively and none of it was hit, hitting. Kerrang, Kerrang picks the workhorse movement for its Hot 100 for 2000 list, mm-hmm. uh, which mm-hmm. I think you found that issue I did, quite yeah. recently, didn't you? Yeah. Um, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I, 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 When I say I like this band, I do feel like I'm saying it because I was there and mm. it's, it's a, it's a, it's a um, nostalgic thing for me um and whenever i listen to the record which is not very often um it is purely out of nostalgia really um i will say that every time i go back to it i like find something a little bit different in it which you know (laughs) does say quite a lot i mean we usually when we say stuff like that we usually talk about tool or someone like that Mm. um but that's not me saying that it's up there with lateralis or anything i'm just saying that there is there is enough in it to make it worth coming back to from time to time but again mm. probably only if you're actually there um yeah i know. think that's what it is yes yeah. it's all right i mean i'll tell you what they're not as good as dog eat dog <laughs> everyone slags off dog eat dog and they're not as good as dog eat dog uh, no I, I i think i'd probably agree with you, you know yeah. yeah so shut your fucking face and you slag off dog eat dog uh, it could have been worse it could have been this that i was going on about the whole time um but it's, it's they're completely fine they're a funny little like one of those many little curios definitely in the the landscape of you know late 90s early 2000s yeah, yeah, yeah. rock and metal uh, so there you go. Good shout, Doug Ray. Uh, that was a workhorse movement. Sons of the Pioneers, or Sons of Pioneers, I should say. Um, we'll be back with another one of these next week. Who knows what it could be? It could be one of many, many things. We've got a big old fucking list. Don't be scared to add to it, though. 
as there is absolutely, I'll be perfectly honest with you, no rhyme or reason whatsoever as to how we pick these, <laughs> as, has just, as has just been proven. Um, <laughs> no, it's pretty random. <laughs> yeah, so do add to it. If we see one we fancy, we'll just do it. So, you know, like, seems a bit unfair, but fuck it. Uh, that's how we've decided to do it. Thanks for your money. Um, Patreon.com forward slash Riot Act Podcast. We appreciate that. Anyway, we'll see you very, very soon. Hey, guys, keep the Sabbath dream alive, yeah? Hail the leaf. <laughs>